welcome to the Quarter to Three Movie Podcast. My name is Tom Chick, and I'm here with Kelly Wand. Kelly Wand, tell the listeners what movie we're going to talk about today. Nope. Well, Kelly Wand, maybe tell them just the first half. Like, what are the first two letters? Will you tell them the first two letters of the movie we're going to talk about today? No. In that case, Kelly Wand, maybe you have a tagline for the movie. Happy birthday, Gordy. (laughs) Kelly Wand, do you have a tagline that's not quite so morbid? Uh, Finally, a movie about how much we suck for seeking spectacle featuring protagonists trying to make money by snapping a pic of an exotic (laughs) beast and then hunting it to extinction. (laughs) That'll be tough to fit on a poster, but Kelly Wand, that is incredible. Well, the title's short, so it'll balance it out. There is extra room. You're right. Good point. It's like Kelly Star Wand, Trek Into Darkness. Sometimes these things travel in, in, in threes. Is oh, this yeah. only two or th- is there a third tagline for Nope? There's a bronze. What's the bronze tagline? Damn! <laughs> Kelly one could uh, mm-hmm, also have been a tagline. That was, that was on there, but <laughs> I took it off. because that That's the fourth that would have been ten, the ten tagline, right? Mm-hmm. right. Very good. Well, uh, Nope was written and directed by Jordan Peele. Hmm. It stars Kiki Palmer, Daniel Kaluuya, Stephen Ewan. I'm sorry, who? Kaluuya. Oh, you're saying this. All right. I don't on. know. Well, how do you say it? I, I, I'm happy. Like I, you just say it like the drink. Yeah. Because I kind of feel like it, it can't be that easy. Maybe it is, Daniel Kalua. Okay. I thought it was like, because he's got, he's got like two U's next to each other. Shouldn't you like vocally oh, yeah. acknowledge that somehow? Daniel, wait, what's the first name? I forgot. Already. It's like da- Daniel, Daniel Kaluuya. I don't, Daniel I don't know. Kaluuya. Daniel Kaluuya. Daniel oh, Kaluuya. you know what? I like that. That sort of like glottal stop Kaluuya. between the U's. I, I don't know. But we all know who he is. All yeah. the way back to Sicario, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. We, we love this guy. Uh, but um, what else? Oh, and, and you know what, Kelly One, I was going to look up the rating for Nope, and I forgot. So let me look at this. Is there anything that you feel? Wait, hold on. I mean, what's the you... fake rating before the real rating? <laughs> no, yeah, we can't really do it that way. Let me tell you the real rating. Nope is, I'm pretty sure it's rated R. Let me tell you why. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, here we go. Uh, language throughout and some violence slash bloody images. Rated R. Uh, I, I, I was pretty sure there were a bunch of f bombs. It is a very soft R, but there are at least like three or four f bombs. F bombs shouldn't count for that because that's well, just mouth sounds. Kelly, one are there things though that you feel? What if Gordy in- said it? You wouldn't count it, would you? You would just be a coincidence. So I don't think chimpanzees can talk. We're not I'm that different sure. from Gordy. It's ninety-nine percent <laughs> same DNA, according to Jane. Summers, what's your name? Jane Goodall. Good yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the hell am I talking oh, okay. about, and why? Well, Kelly Wand, I'd like to know: Are there things besides language throughout and violence and bloody images that parents should won't be warned about if they're going to bring their children to see Nope? I give it a hard rated N O P G thirteen <laughs> for some Donna Mills. Uh, yes. A perfectly square alien mouth, vagina, mm-hmm. <laughs> and proper use of fries employees. Oh my gosh, boy, that was a blast from the past. Uh, on Metacritic, 
You don't uh, go to fries anymore? Is that what you're saying? You're too cool now? You I don't even think fries are around anymore. I think they shut huh? them all down. I think what? they're all gone. Yeah. It's in the movie. Yeah, but they're no more. I mean, it's it's a it's a period piece. It is? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think there are any more fries around. Are there? Like, I can't imagine. The horses. Who knows? All right, go on with whatever you're gibbering jabbering about. Metacritic at 77. It's the average rating from various reviews. Mm. On Rotten Tomatoes, 82% of the reviews are positive. Tight spread. Oh, no. Here's the bad news. On mm. CinemaScore, people gave Nope a B. And uh, a B on CinemaScore is not good. Like a health code B. Exactly. Wor- yeah. Worse, like a block parent B. It's, it's something you don't want on your movie, I'm afraid. Yeah. But it could be worse. It could. It could be a B minus. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a good point, Tom. Kelly Wand, I need you to help. Does it ever now. go below B? Wait, the, you can get an F. Uh, like the witch mom, got a D mother, plus. Mother got an F. Right, right. I think so. Yeah, and I think the witch was a D plus, maybe a D minus. I don't know. Yeah. So it, the lower the grade, the better the movie. That's what I get out of that. So good work, B B givers. Okay. I, I do think there's something like the lower the grade, the less mainstream. Mass, exactly, the less mass appeal a movie has. Yeah. Um, so Kelly Wand, um, I need you. <laughs> Even though we really broke it down there, Tom, we really did. I think we've cracked the, the lower the number, <laughs> right? The less mainstream. All right. Yes. What are you saying? Kelly Wand, I need a synopsis mm, of that movie. All right. <laughs> I just, I just walked out of this theater like not long ago. So it's very fresh in my mind. So it'll I just be like watching to, it again. It will. It'll be like immediately turning around and seeing another screening of it. So Kelly Wand rock my world. All right, I'll do something to your world. <laughs> Nopsis. Over the spinning Universal logo, which is also what Earth looks like to aliens. Mom, please tell me you didn't get me another monkey for Christmas. I asked for an albino named Gordy. Wah! <laughs> studio audience chuckles appreciatively while a chimpanzee in a party hat beats and then eats the fuck out of a bunch of crew members and child actors, then stares at us irritably for a long time. A shoe on edge is all. I represent something, probably. <laughs> I stand up in slow clap, then make my way down the aisle for Gordy to sign my tits. <laughs> Some words are all. I will make a spectacle of you and throw shit at you. Your species sucks. Fuck you, chick. Uh, the Book of Nahum, 420. Beside me, Tom's all. I studied that quote at Harvard my senior year. He's the rich man's Habakkuk. Beside him, Brecken dumps out his popcorn and starts chewing on the cardboard. <laughs> I'm glad that Brecken is still around. Yeah. I, mi- I missed the little guy. All the opsies are a long novel, Tom, Master and <laughs> Commander. They're a veritable Yaknapatafa County. Okay, that's enough. Meanwhile, <laughs> a young black man named OJ has broken up with his girlfriend from Get Out and now works at a movie horse wrangler ranch in temecula or something with his dad keith david hey pop you good oh man don't worry i have a pretty good record against motherfucking aliens not counting the thing they live pitch black saints row four and barbershop suddenly a nickel falls into his skull from a vomiting ufo on the way to the hospital hang on pop you're doing uh oh boy uh, 
ashes to ashes, ass to ass. Oh. Later at the hospital. <laughs> I, know. I hate so inappropriate. You know what? I hate joking about that line, but it's such a funny uh, sequence of words. Well, and also to be reminded that was Keith David too. Right. Like I'd forgotten that was him. Yeah. Yeah, it's two awesome actors doing, getting totally Aronofsky, as <laughs> as will happen later at the hospital. Yeah, so as you can see from this x-ray, your father has a nickel in his brain, which is actually um, more common than you might think, although traditionally you find this type of thing uh, in wishing wells and cash registers rather than a black person's skull, which are white <laughs> like ours, by the way. Anyway, we probably shouldn't have removed his head first for a better angle. Um, our condolences. OJ's expression's all cool. A title screen's all Donna. And Donna Mills versus Billy the Kid. Scene 69, take 69. Cut. Hey, can you tell your horse to smile a bit and maybe to stop shitting on the camera lens? It sets a bad example for Donna. His name's Lucky. Uh, could you not shine the Klieg lights in his eye there? An avant-garde cinematographer character's all. Mm. A PA's all. Hey, say stuff about your family history while we all listen. We can shoot the movie later. <laughs> Uh, name's OJ. This is Lucky. He shrugs. Donna Mills bursts in in a bathrobe. Is he? Lucky? Please tell me this isn't my only scene. <laughs> Suddenly, OJ's zany sister Kiki bursts in. Hey, everybody, I'm the other lead character in this. Whoop, whoop, <laughs> she shoves OJ over, farts loudly, and turns on a film projector showing a black jockey riding a horse. This here is Edward Moybridge's The Horse in Motion, shot all the way back in 1605, the first motion picture ever. Anyone here that know the name of that jockey? The white people are all. Uh, well, Thomas Edison invented the tech. Uh, actually, can't name any living jockeys, uh, to be honest. His name was Keith David O.J. Kikison, ancestor of Keith David. So here we are, even though mine O.J.'s characters are neither jockeys or actors. Beside me, Mr. Ed's all. What was the name of the horse, lady? <laughs> there was a comma after horse. I hope that was clear. The PA is all, hey, what if I do this? And Pepper sprays Lucky in the eye. Lucky whinnies and kicks, but unfortunately doesn't kill any of the crew. A title screen's all, Glenn. The PA walks OJ and Lucky off the soundstage. Sorry, OJ, this creature is just too unpredictable to work with. Plus, the horse is pretty touchy, too. <laughs> Can't imagine those fuckers ever successful on film. Good luck with your career. OJ sighs and shakes his head at us. Later at a tacky theme park, Glenn's all. So, you want to sell your lucky horse to me here at Glenn's Berry Farm, huh? Well, as my co-workers used to scream while Gordy was eating their faces off, yee-haw. OJ's all, uh, I just want to buy Lucky back once I figure out how money works. Kiki points at a photo on the wall of Glenn as a small child running in terror from a bloody fanged chimp. Oh, is that you? Somehow I forgot the one thing y'all are most famous for. <laughs> yeah, that's me, uh, and, uh, Gordy. Yeah, uh... What was that like? You probably don't mind reliving those memories over and over. What was that? Come on, talk about it. Oh, man. The SNL skit. That's, <laughs> that's even more traumatizing. <laughs> I mean, we're talking Catan. You know? <laughs> the Catan. 
Daryl Hammond is the shoe. Gilda Radner is the applause sign. Anyway, that hellish experience is what motivated me to devote the rest of my life to working with animals. Guess you could say I have a gift. An unrelated note, uh, this is my blonde wife, Caucasian. Hi, I'm in another scene later, too. <laughs> OJ shakes his head at us. Kiki's all, woo, baby. <laughs> Beside me, Kate McKinnon, her Ghostbuster outfit's all. Jesus, she's really over the top. <laughs> the title screen's all, ghost. Beside me, Kit Harrington gets his tongue stuck to a frozen ski lift and rises into the air screaming. <laughs> That's what he's up to now. Remember Hercules? Or whatever the fuck. I mean, uh, Seventh Son. Every movie. That night, Kiki plays records too loudly while OJ watches his white horse ghost jump the fence and gallop away screeching. OJ's expression's all, hmm. Suddenly, a giant flying saucer passes silently <laughs> over his head, doing nothing, then vanishes behind a cloud. OJ's expression changes very slightly to, hmm. <laughs> when he gets home, y'all saw UF what? I don't know, but it was big and fast and quiet. Didn't move like no fucking plane either. I look over at the black people sitting next to me and go, oh shit, damn motherfucking aliens, yo. They sigh and patiently try to ignore me. <laughs> the title screen's all fry. Hello, welcome to Fry's. My hair is Frosted Blonde. My character's name and this is Fry. Did you try turning it on and off again? I was in a relationship, by the way. She was like a model and influencer. What can I do for you? Yeah, we was looking to set up a bunch of motherfucking cameras around our ranch, capable of taking pictures of shit that's like UFO-sized. Oh, we ain't got jack shit money-wise. Okay, well, our policy in this instance is for me to bring every camera we have and set them up for free wherever you live. <laughs> OJ's expressions all cool. <laughs> Fry sets up 17 cameras around the ranch with surprisingly few of them pointed up at the sky. Okay, now I'll go back to Fry's and stay there all night off the clock uh, watching this one camera here of yours remotely. Also, none of the rest work. Part of Fry's policy. Kiki's pickup suddenly smashes through a fence and pulls up alongside with a giant plastic horse in the flatbed. Yo, check it out. I stole this off a merry-go-round from Glen's Berry Farm. We can use it as a decoy for cattle wrestlers. OJ and my audience are all, wait, what? <laughs> Glenn appears at another fence far away and decides to shout instead of coming closer. Hey, uh, one of our merry-go-round ponies is missing. Um, really, that's cool. Bye. Oh, uh, yeah, it looks kind of like that one there. You're trying to hide behind your back. No, don't. Uh, well, anyway, a kid perforated her anus sitting on the jagged uh, pole, merry-go-round pole, where the horse used to be. So maybe, you know, let us at least know if you see a plastic horse lying around. It looks just like that one. Can you do that, please? No. Glenn drives off in defeated exhaust fumes. Kiki's all, what a dipshit, huh? Glenn's car pauses a second, then proceeds again glumly. <laughs> Beside me, Maggie from Walking Dead whispers, that's how he really drives. <laughs> Hillary Swank, Tom, remember from I Am Mother? <laughs> Woo! 
OJ makes says, don't look at me. I thought the UFOs would have more screen time in this too. <laughs> the title card's all, couple fake out jump scares, motherfuckers. <laughs> that night at Fry's. Ah, oh, never mind. Just a prank mantis on the camera lens. Uh, can one of you guys climb to the roof and blow on it? <laughs> Behind him, a colleague chick we'll never see again goes, how's OJ? <laughs> no answer. Meanwhile, OJ hears giggling and costumes being zipped from his stables, so he investigates alone and unarmed. Some kids in alien masks do gymnastics near him, remove their masks, scream, this is what happens when you don't steal entire merry-go-rounds at Glen's Berry Farm, and then run off giggling and farting triumphantly. The cloud's a silly string. Beside me, Don Corleone mumbles about methods of terrorizing horse lovers more effectively. OJ's all, oh, well, I guess the movie's over. I mean, his expression's that. As he walks back to somewhere, all the lights go out in the valley. A UFO descends and stares down at him with its mouth anus. OJ, run! But OJ's too slow, and it looks like he's doomed. Suddenly, he arbitrarily realizes that the UFO's an animal, then also suddenly remembers himself telling Donna Mills, don't look in Lucky's eye. And then logically reasons that an extraterrestrial flying overhead is probably similar to an Earth horse, even though it's never been established as Lucky's tendency to eat anything that stared back at him. The UFO bounces Kiki and Fry around in the house for a bit, then flies off giggling. The next day, well, I guess we forgot that cameras are electronics and uh, the UFOs disable those. So, On the upside, we did get some pretty nice shots of the manis. Sounds like we're going to need a new white character. <laughs> ring, ring. Yeah, is this famous white cinematographer character Grumble to Ken's Kubrick? <laughs> Kelly, what, what was that name again, real quick? Grumble to Ken's Kubrick. <laughs> Grumble to Ken's Kubrick. <laughs> famous white cinematographer. <laughs> <laughs> Stop interrupting my constant viewing of this black and white footage of a tarantula wrestling an alligator. How did you get this number? From the call sheet for the scene in Nope that Jordan handed me so we could shoot this scene. Hey, remember how dumb I seemed on Donna Mills Day? Well, how would you like to watch me and a bunch of other people try not to film a praying mantis by accident? Mm. The impossible shot, motherfucker. Mm, no. He hangs up, but looks intrigued. The title screen's all, bunch of white people down. Well, up, technically. <laughs> Glenn and his wife hang out in the dressing room. <sighs> Hot crowd tonight? Yes. I love you, Maggie. I mean, um, character. Okay, showtime. A few minutes later, as a bunch of buffoons sit in bleachers, Glenn bursts into view wearing a pink Liberace cowboy <laughs> outfit, like uh, Electric Horseman. Thank you, thank you. Um, please applaud. Okay, with your eyes, that's fine. I'm Glenn. You may know me from Happy Birthday, Gordy, and The Walking Dead. Thank you. Applaud? No? Walking Dead? No? Okay, no worries. Um, a curtain rises, revealing Lucky standing in a transparent plastic box with no door. Behold, a horse. Some Western music starts playing. The time is 1832, and uh, Lewis and Clark came out here writing creatures just like this one to, you know, 
build malls and uh, look at plants. Thank you. Not supposed to applaud there. Okay, though, that's fine. Suddenly a giant UFO appears behind him and starts swooping closer. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, stay in your seats. Uh, my experiences with Gordian zombies taught me all I need to know about surviving CGI. So anyway, Lewis is all, hey, Clark, check out this canoe. Whoa! <laughs> He gets sucked up into the UFO. The crowd, which for some reason has stayed seated all this time, <laughs> gets sucked up too. That was, uh, yeah. They all scream and get slowly digested as they ooze through its intestines. Beside me, ScarJo mumbles something about luring male human food effectively. <laughs> a lot of discontents, malcontents. Meanwhile, on a TV screen... And in country western news, an entire crowd of rodeo enthusiasts was eaten by a UFO this afternoon during Glenn from Walking Dead's famous God damn it, horse, please get out of this transparent box that I somehow got you in skit. Many still consider timeless, no matter what the audience's fate. Moving on to sports, noted tagline creator Tom Chick has watched Eternals a twelfth time, which many consider sitting through to feel eternal. OJ clicks off the news. Sounds like the perfect time for me to go over there and get lucky. The horse. When OJ gets to Glenn's berry farm, he finds it deserted. The ground soaked with blood, a bunch of nickels all over the place, and Lucky waiting patiently in a glass box while a nearby UFO hovers. <laughs> OJ's expression's all, hmm. OJ forgets not to stare back at the UFO, so it tries to eat him, but he tricks it back by being under some wood. The UFO watches him put Lucky in a trailer and drive off, then tries to trick OJ, belatedly, into getting out of his truck that night by stopping his engine, shitting the merry-go-round horse onto his windshield, hovering overhead menacingly. OJ opens his door for some reason, then looks at us and goes, Nope. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the ranch house, fries all, and then I noticed a cloud wasn't moving in all the footage, so I decided I'd just hang out here with you guys indefinitely. Fry's policy. Oh, it's the middle of the night. Yes, I'll leave. He starts his car. I wear my sunglasses at Daisy. I lean over to Bob Lazar sitting beside me and go... How come the alien disables electronics if it's an organic being that predates electronics by thousands of years? The Bible quote supposed to mean something. He starts to reply, but FBI agents gag him and drag him off. Topical. I lean over to Duchovny and ask the same question, but he just strums his dumb guitar. A title card's all. The name of the alien in this is Jean Jacket. That could have been the title. Imagine. OJ erects a bunch of waving tube men on the alien landing strip that they just realized they live next to, while beside me, Quint mumbles about yellow barrels. The comically deep voiced cinematographer drives up, coughing blood and shaking a pill bottle. I was watching my usual footage of clouds over your homestead when I realized one of them hadn't moved. I'm just like the fries guy. <laughs> So here I am, with my special hand-powered movie camera. Yeah. It's designed to use about four seconds of film before it needs a refresh. So it should be perfect for something super fast and hard to see. Kiki's all, I told y'all off-screen this fucking cracker would have a non-electric camera. 
I can't wait to see how pertinent it and his character turn out to be. Since the alien seems to want OJ the most out of all of them when white meat isn't available, he's the bait. OJ strokes Lucky. Don't worry, boy, it won't fuck with you. He looks over at some cattle, but y'all should probably scram from what I <laughs> Okay, everybody get in your position. Fry, you get tangled up in your barbed wire, or whatever Tom calls it. <laughs> they all scramble giggling to various hillsides while O.J. stands at the runway, astride lucky, and begins ringing a dinner bell. Suddenly, a guy in a leather jacket wearing a silver motorcycle helmet starts riding through their tube bed. <laughs> Damn, it's TMZ! Beside me, the air traffic controller from Get Out's all... TMZ character? This shit's way off tone. <laughs> the alien systematically devours all the white people, although Fry is protected from injury by the tight cords of barbed wire slicing into his throat and scrotum. As the cinematographer films himself being sucked up into the alien gullet with his face mashed against the TMZ guy's ass, he's all, Don't worry, it'll puke out my camera hopefully later, asshole. <laughs> It doesn't puke out the camera, so that character was pointless. OJ points at his own eyes, then at Kiki, so that she understands everything that's about to happen, choreographed. Then he tricks the alien by riding Lucky around and averting his eyes, then by not averting his eyes. Since it's the end of the movie, the alien decides to show off its party favor innards for a <laughs> Once it's out of range, Kiki starts up the TMZ bike and drives off to Glenn's berry farm, which I guess is really close. The alien shakes its fist and gives chase. Kiki tricks the alien by cowering near a well with a camera in it, then by releasing a giant inflatable cowboy float upwards into the thing's mouth, choking it, then scrambling for all the coins in the dirt that the alien puked out from the rodeo crowd, which I guess was carrying a lot of loose change too. Then taking a perfect picture of the choking alien with the last nickel left in the dirt, which Jordan leans over to tell me is somehow the same one from Keith David's head. The distended alien flutters off, puking and farting rubber cowboy scraps as Kiki jumps victoriously, clutching her photograph. Yeah, we did it! We photographed something weird in the sky, or at least a floating rubber cowboy. <laughs> Some smoke clears, revealing OJ mounted on Lucky at the entrance, doing nothing. His expression's all, I had a feeling all this would happen. <laughs> As some scrolling words tell me who renamed the jockey and also explain to his descendants how this film would be honoring their patriarch with UFOs and psychotic chimps, I lean over to the fire in the sky guy trembling beside me and go, won't that photo be worth way less now that there's an alien corpse floating around in view of everyone in SoCal? He starts to answer, but suddenly a beam of light sucks him into the sky. I lean over to Julianne Moore, but she gets taken too. I decide to head down to the front row and try that hot blonde from Skyline, but wah! <laughs> Tom, I got sucked away by aliens at the end of the Opsis. Kelly it was Moore. terrifying. That was superlative. I did not expect you to get that good of a synopsis out of nope. Uh, uh, good. I'm glad you feel that way. Oh my god, I might need I a minute for the doubts. No. Dude. Uh, I saw it weeks ago, too. I'd forgotten about the TMZ guy. I'd, like, block that part out. Man, I don't know where to start, Kelly Wand. Oh, you just saw it. I love this where you... I see it, like, weeks before you, and then you see it right before you record. So it's like your impressions are hot off the press. 
and mine are cold as dust. Well, let's That's do what it the over. Want. Let's do an over under and then talk about this movie. Do you want to go first? Or you want me to? Well, you're the brains. I think we've proven that today. <laughs> Excuse me. What? No, I'm I, I don't, does that mean okay? You go first. What's a movie that's better, uh, slightly better than this, and one that's not as good? And what did you think? My over is Under the Skin. I think that's my favorite Alien besides The Thing. And my under is Us because I liked this more than Us, and I thought uh, Us its themes weren't as orderly. Basically, like I like chunks of Us, whereas Nope, I actually uh, was really into. I okay. really liked Nope quite a bit. So my over and under are um, – my over is actually a 2014 found footage movie called Alien Abduction. Have I told you about this? The, I get it mixed the, up the with Area 51. I've seen both of them. No, it's not Area 51. This, this one – the conceit in this one is that the kid who's filming it is autistic, and he needs his camera for comfort. Like that's his security blanket, and that's how they justify the filming throughout the movie. And it's about a family that encounters a, a, a malevolent UFO and terrible things happen to all of them. Um, so I really like... Uh, I have Alien. to have seen it. I mean, it's... I try uh, to see... I've seen all the Alien abduction movies. I rank them really, very meticulously. You would remember a really grim scene where the mother is like hovering horizontally as she's being pulled up into the into the light. But then it snaps her in half, like bending her backwards. No, let me watch it later. Yeah, so Alien Abduction Sounds is promising. I might have ruined it because that's like the, the grisliest bit in it. But there's other good bits in it. How um, much is in the ship? Because I feel they always chintz on that. So it actually starts in the ship. It starts with footage inside the ship from the camera. I have seen And then this. the camera being thrown out of the trash of a UFO and falling to Earth. That's um, used in a lot of them, actually. Well, not the not the camera inside the UFO being ejected from a height. That's true. Well, in the uh, uh, not VHS. What's the found footage? There, there, are, there are VHS is the found footage anthology. Yeah, the one with the alien abduction. That one's got like a dog. Oh no, you're right. You're right. Very good. Yeah, I didn't think of that one. But yeah, exactly. I really like that one too. Those aliens yeah. are freaky as fuck. Yep. And they're underwater. Well, well these aliens are more, uh, they're more uh, traditional greys in alien abduction. But right. the point being, it's a found footage movie. It's not great. It's okay. It's creepy. It's got some good scenes. But the point being, I didn't like Nope. So I liked alien abduction more than Nope. My under, um, I guess, would be Dark Skies, even though I don't remember uh, that one. This is way better than that shit. Dark Skies. No, no I know, I know. That's what I'm saying. It's that's my under. Dark Skies made no impression on me. I even watched the trailer, and I didn't remember any of the scenes. I was like, I've rewatched Dark Skies, so I'll spare you. It's terrible, right? Like, there's no reason. Yeah, to there's that. one. The only thing is, there's like a twist at the end, but there's no. It's uh, there's one good part. I remember it scared you, where it's the aliens in the bedroom, and they're like kind of tall. Like the, yeah, like yeah, because I do in the sure. trailer they show a, a uh, they show like a, a big tall shadowy figure behind Carrie Russell, and I was like, yeah, that yeah. looks cool. But uh, but so it's light on good fun. That right. Okay. So th that's that that's why it's my under is that you know there will be things in Nope because there are things about Nope that I really liked, um, but overall I, I didn't I didn't care for it. I feel like I like Nope more than everyone. Like I'm 
it's for once I'm the one person who likes something and everyone else doesn't. Okay, well tell me. So what what did you respond to? So what what made you like this? Okay, well this may have affected my experience in a for better and worse. I saw it in the second row on a really big screen, so I felt like I was sitting in a massage chair the whole time, and it was just like shuddering constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really liked its its twist or the idea that the UFO is an actual animal was good. Yeah, like I thought yeah. that went with all of its theme. Like, uh, <coughs> excuse me, of his three movies, this seemed like his themes were the most structured. Like I got everything he was trying to say. And it made sense to me. It was interesting. I agree, Kelly Wan. But would you also say this one is less ambitious than his other two movies? Um, well, not not less ambitious. Let me say it's not tackling difficult issues, or it's not I tackling challenging issues the way like this one is a creature feature. I would say, and Us and Get Out are more about they invoke social issues and um, like they're more metaphorical horror. I think they're reaching for more messages. There's a, that, I see that in this too. Okay. Um, like the, I just the quote to... at the beginning, what do you think that means? What do you take from the Nahum quote? So I think that the Old Testament is full of a lot of angry God talk. And right. it is almost always taken out of context because it Truth. always has a very specific context. And so I just kind of, my eyes glaze over whenever I see someone. A biblical quote. Yeah, a biblical quote taken out of context. It doesn't mean, I don't know the book of Nahum. I could look it up, I'm sure, but I don't. So I, he could have, he just wanted to put a, um, an angry biblical quote up there. So that, that was my no. takeaway from there. No, no, but, but go ahead. Like, what, what did you get from it? I, when we make a spectacle of you, he's talking about animals, other species. He's talking about black people in the early days. Okay, sure, well. sure. Yep, yep. Very good. There's a message there. And so did, did you feel that the, how did this. Exploiting uh, other species and what we can, cons- what, you know, the white man considers other species and, and, uh, in sadder times. So do you feel that the movie was horses de- decrying the treatment of horses? Yeah. Which is a little weird. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's I, their job. I but just, it's also, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, perhaps, uh, is it equating the treatment of black people with horses? Like you're not saying that are, are you? Or... Uh, Cause I don't think that was I, people I, in movies. Maybe. I mean, that's there. It, if that was in there, and I, I'm not saying it wasn't, I certainly didn't catch it, but I also didn't catch the point about the biblical quote that, that you caught. So, But if that was in there, I definitely didn't see it. Um, and well, I think the one's buried deep and may be my imagination. Okay. And whenever okay. I read Jordan Peele quotes, he's, he always says something crazier than the things I take from it. So it's like I've learned to just not listen to his quotes. Well, I coming out of this, I I felt like I only saw, and I don't mean this, uh, to diminish the movie, but it just felt like a creature feature to me, um, no. which is a good thing. I love creature features. Like I don't think I don't think that's a problem. Now I have issues with this specific creature feature, but calling it that isn't me diminishing it, though. Right, um, and it's I think it's a really good creature feature. But I'm okay, saying sure. there's thematic like Gordy. Uh, what's Glenn's name in this? Can I just call him Glenn? Jupe, Jupe. Because I actually had okay, to look Jupe. it up. They call him Jupe. Yep. yep. Okay, so like Jupe doesn't get animals or or respect them so it's like he's like the negative okay sure and then oj is the positive who gets aliens like instantly sees and he knows how to you know work with animals he's like he's an alien whisperer Mm -hmm. because he respects their differentness he respects their alienness their foreignness their non-humanness okay sure sure it's the same message as dance with dragons 
What's Dance with Dragons? Just you know, Dragons not your bitch. We're not all that. Um, oh, is that I don't is that a phrase? A TV show? I don't know what Dance with Dragons is. Uh, it's the fifth Game of Thrones novel, and there's oh, a talking- scene where one of the characters, he's like, he thinks he's inflammable. No, wait. It's the opposite of inflammable. Infl- See, flammable and inflammable mean the same thing. So if you're immune to fire, what's the word for that? Uh, Uninflammable? <laughs> immune to fire. All right. We flame have to do retardant. that because of dumb people. See, but wait, see what happens? All right, flame retardant. He thinks he's flame retardant because he's part Targaryen or something, but he's not, and he gets just totally scorched. And so the message is like, yeah, he's a fucking dragon idiot. It's like Scorpion Story, too. Okay. Same thing. Scorpion Story and Nope, same message. But I, I, so I, I mean, I, I fully accept that that's part of why it worked for you. But for me, just as a creature feature, which was fine, that's all I was sort of yeah. looking for. Uh, a lot, any of the stuff that I think Jordan Peele was trying to do there, I think was lost on me. Like I was very confused. I loved the Gordy stuff, by the way. Yeah. That stuff was fascinating. And you and, didn't see and, that as connected? No, no. I, I saw know. how he tried to connect it. I do not. Okay. Here's the thing. I don't. I, I see what I feel Jordan Peele was trying to do. I don't feel he did it successfully. Um, well, I understood. I mean, I, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> like I'm saying, the whole thing with like, for can we jump to good writing, bad writing? Because I think that sure. this might get to some of why I kind of have an issue with what he was trying to do. Okay. Um, so, so Kelly Wand, uh, before we uh, do good writing, bad writing. Uh, we're going to do a new thing. We're going to start uh, featuring scenes from the movies that we're talking about. Hmm. So we're going to let the listeners hear a short scene from Nope. And then when we come back, we're going to do a uh, good writing, bad writing. So uh, let's go to this scene. This is a scene between uh, Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer. They uh, doesn't need much set up, but they play brother and sister. And this is them talking about their farm and, uh, and their, their family. Uh, hi, this is Tom Chick from the future, after the podcast was recorded. So this is the place where we were going to play a clip from the movie Nope. Um, unfortunately, we just found out from the PR rep at Universal Pictures, uh, our podcast doesn't get enough downloads to be eligible for the promotional clip. Um, so we, we can't uh, play that here. Fortunately, we did talk to the PR person at 20th Century for our Prey episode, which is what we'll be posting next. We've got that all ironed out so we can use the promotional clip there. But uh, we can't play the clip from Nope for you. However, uh, our producer did find a kind of a loophole. Uh, apparently, you're allowed to, to quote up to 12 lines of dialogue from the movie. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're just going to treat this scene that we were going to post a, a, in, as part of the podcast. We're going to treat the scene as a cluster of quotable lines, and we're just going to do the scene ourselves. So I proudly present to you my co-host Kelly Wand as Emerald Haywood and my colleague from Alabama, Jason McMaster, as Otis Haywood Jr., Let's watch now as they reminisce about their father in this scene from Nope. To the man, drink. Oh shit, remember Jean Jacket? Yeah, he's a good horse. He was supposed to be my first horse, actually. I was talking to my therapist about this not too long ago. Therapist? 
Yes, I fuck one on occasion sometimes. And I was telling her that for my ninth birthday, I was supposed to get to train Jean Jacket. But then Pops got some Western and Jean Jacket wasn't mine no more. Classic Otis. I distinctly remember watching through this window as y'all trained my horse. My horse. Pop never looked up at me. But you did, nigga. Remember? It was Scorpion King, actually. It wasn't a Western. That was the first job Pops took me on. Wasn't much fun. Ended up using camels anyway. The point is, fuck the point. Woo! That man was hard-headed as fuck. So are you. That's it. But at the end of the day, you gotta admit, Pops did something when he made this place. He changed the industry. That's real. I can't just let that go. And we are back for Good Writing, Bad Writing. So, Kelly Wand, I'm going to read you three lines of dialogue from the movie. And then you're going to tell me whether you think they're good writing or bad writing. And then I will score you accordingly. And we'll then talk about, you know, these lines. So the first one I want to bring up is where, uh, let me see, it's the other side of the sheet. Here we go. You can't tame a predator. You need an agreement. Now, this is Daniel Kaluuya saying this. It's uh, Obviously, it's also related to what he's heard from Jupe about Gordy. Like, he's now heard this story. Kelly Wand, is that line good writing or bad writing, and why? It's good writing because you can't tame a predator. You need an agreement. <laughs> okay. And even whether you're the prey or another predator, there's always a contract, you see. And... Uh, yeah. So he, here's my it's the message that Glenn didn't understand. He didn't have a contract with Gordy. But he did because Gordy was going to fist bump him instead of eat him. Yeah, but Gordy initiated it. He was like, <laughs> what? Here's my problem, Kelly Wan, and why I have an issue with that line. Isn't taming a predator having an agreement with it? Like, it, isn't taming a predator and having an agreement with another creature? Like, that's what taming is, isn't it? No. No? Okay. <laughs> that's totally different. You have to I change feel that, your whole scoring system if that's what you think taming means. God. There's all this stuff about like, and also I've never heard of taming's not an agreement. It's well, you're saying that a, a okay. lion tamer is agreeing with a lion. That's yeah. Not what it, is, it is. It is. It is establishing a relationship with the lion that the lion understands because the lion is in a pride. So it's it is. It is. It is working within the lion's social context to co-opt a role that the lion understands. Yes. I would so say Siegfried and Roy had an agreement. Yep. With, mm, yep. Okay. I, I, and it's, I, I'm being semantic, but my point is, I don't think this movie understands what it's trying to say about animals versus predators versus taming versus hunting. Those are different things. And I think this movie just puts them in a big old slurry and hopes we won't notice. Uh, for instance, I have never... Why would a predator not eat you if it's looking if you're looking at it? Like <laughs> that the whole, I can't tell you. it's an alien, Tom. He knows that. But that's the thing, also. Why do we think this is an alien? Well, it's not necessarily. That's the thing. If yeah. it's, uh, if I mean, it's is it like just some... a, it's been around since biblical times? Well, is... there there is mythology about these things called sky whales that, and I love this stuff. Mm. And I, I, this is one thing I was so thrilled as Nope unfolded to discover that this is basically playing with this idea of sky whales and sky yeah. squids and stuff. I right. love that. And this thing looked like a, like a manta ray at times. I think that's kind of, and it became a jellyfish. Like I love the creature design. Um, My question is, how does he know what its eye is? 
but but well, but so my my issue though is by invoking uh, Gordy, which is yeah. a tamed entertainment animal, by invoking horses, which yeah. is a creature that has been domesticated by human beings for thousands of years, and by invoking predators, which Gordy was not, which horses are not, which this this sky whale supposedly is, like. You can't. What are we learning about Gordy and the horse? Like all of this to me is a confused jumble of bad writing about animals. Wait, Gordy was a predator. He ate faces. He ate chimpanzees are not predators. Chimpanzees are omnivores. They eat. They like they. They'll eat plants. They'll eat meat. They'll eat what's available. Uh, they don't eat human beings. They will attack human beings just like they will attack other chimps. It's right. part of their socialization. Like it's it's how they interact. Um, but, but Gordy was, was not. He was not a predator, though. Like the things that Glenn and and also this this is so anyway for the good writing, bad writing. You think it's good writing, and fair enough. Like it's a cool sounding line, but I feel that writing isn't just does this line sound cool? Does it dialogue work? I feel the whole movie's writing about the difference between Gordy and horses and this sky whale was very confused and was just assuming connections right and left, which I don't accept. Uh, and it made it difficult for me to enjoy the movie. Well, I saw it as an extension of OJ's character. Like he's special and he just gets all creatures, whether they're predators or horses or Gordy. Kelly Wan, he never he, reacted to Gordy. He and Gordy were occupied different parts of the movie. Right. Well, but he, he was there for the Gordy story. Yeah, but he, he just kind of zoned out during it. That's another issue I have, by the way, with the movie. I like Daniel Kaluuya a lot as an actor. Yeah. I have no idea what he was doing here. He just seemed – your joke about his expressions not changing was spot on. No, like, I like that. I just – here's the thing, he's though. He's reserved. I, he's just – because he's like a – that's why he gets the animals because speech is a human thing. Did you ever see the writer, the, the Chloe Zhao, Zhao movie she did before Eternals? No. So that, the writer's like a movie about a, a man interacting with horses and other people. And I, oh, I the just, writer. Oh yeah, yeah, not not writer, writer. It's uh, no okay. one famous is in it. It's it's what it's the movie she did before she got um, Nomad the Eternals. Land. Oh. No, right, right before Nomadland. Yep, it was even before Nomadland and Eternals. Um, was it good? And it was very much about. Oh, it's amazing, Kelly Wan. And I know I've told you about it, um, but I you didn't should like definitely. Her other <laughs> Well, but like like the stuff that Daniel Kaluuya was was doing as a horse trainer here, I like that kind of thing. And that movie, The Rider, is yeah. all about that. Is how do you interact? Like, like how do human beings and horses get along so well? <laughs> like, right. Like it takes a certain kind of person, and that's what The Rider is about. It's about human empathy and how it can extend beyond human beings, and also how it colors how you interact with human beings. Right. Um, See, there's like nope. So that's the thing is I feel that like what Nope was trying to do, I have seen done beautifully before and I just didn't feel it, it worked here. Um, but let me, let me real quick give you two other lines. We can circle back around and talk about this some more. Let's just, so Kelly Wand, sadly, you don't have a point yet, but here's your chance for two more points. Tame. Go on. But of course, the star of this sketch is Chris goddamn Catan as Gordy. <laughs> and he is undeniable. Kelly Wand, is that line good writing or bad writing? Uh, I love that line. I think it's really weird. It um, is. <laughs> it's a very strange use of... Uh, I think when you have weird words like that, it kind of reminds me of the shoe standing up. It's like that bizarre detail that always seems to accompany weird tragedies. Why so was that like, shoe standing up, by the way? Like, what was the point of that? 
just did a bizarre detail accompanying a tragedy. Or it represents the divine. Why was the divine present? Why? <laughs> gotcha. Like that shoe, that, that shoe is so striking. I, I feel like Jordan Peele does a really good job at focusing on these striking, memorable moments. But what he can't do is earn those moments. Hmm. And it, it just drives me batty because that shoe was awesome and nothing came of it. Um, so, but anyway, so back to that line. Do you consider that line when he's talking about Chris Goddamn Catan being undeniable? You know Good what writing. it reminded me of? Yes. If I may talk about the shoe for a Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yep. Is, uh, and I could be way off base here, but his mind's weirder than mine and goes off on weirder tangents than mine. But like, he, we know he's a Twilight Zone fan and it reminded me of that Twilight Zone episode where the coin's on edge all day. And so the guy has ESP in the box. You know, Kelly Wan, you're making me like it less. <laughs> like, that does not endear me to Jordan Peele. If he's just aping stuff from Twilight Zone episodes, like, how creatively bankrupt is that? <laughs> well, I'm not trying to make you like it. I'm just Oh, okay. It's just, it just reminded it. you, right? Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if, that, if you're exactly right and that, that he's doing that as a nod to that, that moment from Twilight Zone. I'm only mentioning it because I go, if I find out I'm right later, I can say I was right. Ah, very good. It's on record now. Yes. Yeah, it's documented. All right, what was your writing question? Uh, yeah, undeniable. Yeah, I like that line because it feels like uh, the fact that it's such a we that he's talking about the story and every word he's choosing is strange is like reflective of his trauma, I think. Like he's not, he hasn't come to terms with his trauma. That's why I liked it. Like it and I liked it because I liked, for, I liked it for that as well. I loved what Stephen Ewan was doing with that tiny part. Um, yeah. But I, I loved it too for how it situates that weird Gordy thing in a like in the real world. Yeah. Um, for how it invokes it with popular culture and how it makes you think maybe that did actually happen, and I'm just not quite remembering it. Right, like but a Mandela. It, it, yeah, exactly, or exactly like a Mandela effect. It's anchoring it in reality and forcing you to question. Wait a minute, shouldn't I be remembering this? Um, yeah. And is so, this story funny or not? I can't tell because oh, exactly. he's using right. adjectives like undeniable. Well, and the way right. too that he stops and, and, and of struggles for the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I think, yeah, yeah. And and it's also, you know, he's trying to pawn off the statement about the SNL skit uh, as a way of, of brushing off the impact that it's had on him. Yeah. But you can tell it's drawing him in and he's still affected. Um, yeah. So Kelly Wand, I wish this movie had been about Jupe. <laughs> well, it was somewhat until he uh, exits the stage. All right, so I do agree. Good writing. I loved that monologue. I loved Stephen Ewan's delivery of it. I loved its uh, its how it was. He knew what he was there for, and he did his part correctly. Exactly. He's a good actor. I've liked him in every movie I've seen him in. Come to think of it, which is this and Burning and Nothing. And no, you've he, seen. I didn't um, see the one you told you've me. You've seen Kelly One. You've seen Minari, right? Oh yeah, he's good in that. He's great in Minari. Yeah, yeah he's really good in that. Um, oh, wait, I haven't seen the one called Impulse or whatever it's called. Oh yeah, you don't need to see that one. I don't. You told remember. me not to watch it. I mean, I kind of want to see it now for him because I I really like him a lot. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but mainly, you know, once you see him in Minari and Burning, you're he's the new Ms. Marvel, so you should be excited. Don't toy with me like that, Kelly Wand. <laughs> All, All right, right, here's the last Third one. Writing bad goods. All right, so Kelly Wand, you have one point. You can get two points if you get this one correct. I'm going to read you the line. You tell me good writing or bad writing. <clears throat> Su casa es mi casa. 
Good writing or bad writing? Uh, I liked it. I thought it was funny. I didn't get a laugh, though, so that always is a sign of bad writing, if I'm the only one laughing. But uh, Wait, who says it again? Oh, so it's Glenn. When uh, So uh, Kiki Palmer comes in. She's looking at all the memorabilia on the walls. Uh, and Daniel Kaluuya says, no, leave that alone. Don't stop bothering him. And Glenn says, no, no, feel free. Take a look. Sukasa is Mikasa. And, you know, and then he. So it's a it's an inadvertent malapropism. I'm just looking for an answer of whether it's good writing or bad writing before I can give you any additional information. OK, I'm going to say good writing because I thought it was funny. What's the right answer? So if it had been an intentional malapropism, I might have agreed with you. But I think the gag they were going for was that it was not He doesn't know Spanish. It's well, just not that another... he doesn't know Spanish, that he doesn't know the word me and me. The word my and me sounds similar. Yeah, but I... he's the uh, comic foil character. so he's gonna No, he's not the comic foil character, though. I disagree because Fries. he does have – no, Fries is the comic. Like the Fries guy, Angel's the, the – comic uh relief uh-huh. i would say that glenn's character is uh, the tragic relief if anything yeah but so i would say it's bad writing because it just it's such a dumb mistake to make that i can't imagine anybody who's not utterly oblivious would make it so i thought it was bad writing it's just a way to make fun of a character uh and oh it's, so it's too cheap a shot you're saying it's bad writing. it's too cheap a shot right right too cheap a shot okay yeah but it, I mean, the character is being set up as oblivious. That was a Why do you he... say that, though? I don't think he is. Because he doesn't know what to and Sue and me mean. Well, that, but he's a successful, like, he owns this ranch. He's acquiring he's a success. He's got money to buy uh, the property. He's a friendly guy. He's a former, like, child. He doesn't actor. know what to do he when he's well UFO adjusted. Well, I mean, he does what anyone would do, and he just stands there and gawks at it. It's a weird thing to no, see. No, yeah. you should run from it and scream <laughs> and ra- flail your arms about wildly. Right, right. That's the proper reaction. Like OJ. <laughs> so, Kelly, Wan, I had a question for you specifically. Kiki Palmer, a few points. Wait, in the so movie. I got one out of three. You did, yes. Congratulations. Right. Yeah. One of them sense of humor. It was not a three. shutout, though. Okay. No, far from it. Maybe we just disagree on what the writing is in this movie. It's quality. Kiki Palmer. Sorry, I did pause. Um, okay, so Kiki Palmer, uh, at a couple of points in the movie, is uh, smoking like a vape pen. Yeah. When people do that in a movie, are, are they smoking weed? It's hard to tell because no one acts stone in movies, really, the way they would be. But is that what, like, is that what's being implied? She seemed like she would be. Yeah, she seems. I mean, that's do, do people just she's smoke on sativa? Okay, but I mean, it, that's not like people aren't running around smoking vape pens just using. Like, yeah, they see... do. No, some people do. I don't understand the point of it. I don't just as I don't understand the point of CBD, but people do it. And the, I've had it like flavorful ones that are okay, but it just doesn't get. It doesn't have any effect on your. It doesn't destroy so then, enough brain cells. For so we're not supposed to then infer that Kiki Palmer's character is a stoner, are we? Yeah, well, I did, just based oh. on that and okay. her general. She seemed like a stoner, didn't she? <laughs> what? You didn't I, I think don't, she was a stoner? Well, no, I, I mean, it's when I saw her smoking that vape pen thing, I just don't know enough Listen about... To music, turning it up, vape trying to get a picture of UFOs. I just feel like in an R-rated movie, if she was a stoner, I'm okay with it being explicitly stated. I mean, this is set in California. It's legal. Um, but how would she 
You don't need to explicitly state it if it's explicit. Well, no, no, that's just what I'm wondering. I'm asking you, in a movie, when I see someone hitting a vape pen, should I be assuming that they're getting stoned? I don't I know the answer like to the that. I think it's like the shoe. There's a little bit of uh, column A and column B here, and uh, you can pick which column. I mean, I she was clearly baked out of her skull for the third act, right? The character, not the actress. I was really confused in the third act. I wasn't stoned, by the way, but I was that's not your clear... <laughs> There was, hold on, I have to cough. Wait. On what their plan was. Sorry, yeah, I was not clear on what they were communicating to each other and why someone was going in one direction and why somebody was sad and look at like, I was not clear on the plan, like the, the, the little used car lot dummies, like was that supposed to keep the alien from eating them? I. Yeah, no, wait, it's their motion sensors. Because so those the are alien, electronics. I so. see. The alien turns off the battery. Right. So they all shut down. I see. Why didn't they just set up light? Okay. Okay. Well, that made sense. No, it's not as visual. But then. Whatever what, you're going to say. What was their plan to. No, no, I, I agree. You get that, my that quint works. joke then. Oh, go back and listen what? to the My quint joke and the opsis about the yellow barrels. Well, yellow I laughed barrels. about the yellow barrels were funny. I didn't. The tube men are stupid. <laughs> I didn't get that the tube men. I thought the tube men were there so that the that it would wave the alien off because it wouldn't want to get that stuff in its throat. Jordan Peele's too subtle for you. I think that's part of the problem. Well, they did say with the flag. Mikasa, little, Mikasa, Tom. They did say with the flag coming off the merry-go-round horse that the that it made the alien mad and that I thought they were going to use those flags to keep the alien away. Instead, they then put up those dummies. So I thought, oh, the alien then won't swoop down and eat them if there are dummies everywhere. I don't understand why she didn't think. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. If you're telling me those are detection devices, yeah. why do they need detection devices when you can just see it? Because it's in a hidden cloud. No. Oh, my God. They never see it. They don't, remember, it's in the movie the whole time. It's like Jaws, the shark. They it's do like, see it. It swoops. Oh my god! No, just, you always the electronics go first. Then okay, you're making out. me. No, this movie's even dumber than I thought. That's, okay, no, it's a Doppler. <laughs> the electronics go before you see it because if you saw it, there'd be like you said, no reason for the tube men. The tube men happen before you see it, so the tube men collapse. All right, fair enough. Okay, no, no, fair enough. That makes sense. It's like an early warning. Yeah, okay. it's an early warning system. What? What? Well, but why not? Okay. Yeah. It just seems like a lot of trouble to go through. Like, why nope. not set up a couple? Okay. It's just enough trouble. <laughs> All right. Nope. <laughs> why does a TMZ paparazzi have a mirrored motorcycle helmet? What was that for? That represents something. It represents how they like they spew their. I don't fucking know, Tom. Yeah, I didn't get that. I I literally thought it was like some weird freaky government agent or something. How did they know it was TMZ again? From the police scanner or something? And why was the guy even there to take pictures right. of, of, like, if there's a guy there from TMZ, there are going to be a lot more than just him there. Like, I think TMZ he was knows, there, right. Yeah. But they, I assume he's there because of the rodeo incident, which is like, okay, now it's affecting the whole No, world. you're right. No, you're right. And as a matter of fact, I think he even says that, come to think of it. Yeah. yeah. But is but the UFO under- the, the number one suspect for that at that point like well i also I didn't like, oh a ufo let's send a guy on a motorcycle 
and I didn't understand the mirrored helmet. I've never seen a helmet like that. So maybe I'm just not hip to what motorcyclists wear. But it, th- I thought that that was some gimmick about the UFO would then not know you were looking at it. I That's saw it as a death sentence. Like, oh, we don't get to see this guy's face because he's going to die. Uh, how much? Like a red shirt. How much does it bother you or does it that a penny or a house key or something would never, no matter how far it fell, embed itself in someone's skull or in the flank of a horse. Did that bother you? Oh, wouldn't? Well, it depends on how hard. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. If you, if I drop a penny off the Empire State Building, will it kill someone if it strikes them? Yeah. Why? I don't know. It will not, Kelly Wand. The terminal velocity of a penny, given the air resistance of our atmosphere and the size of a penny, if a penny fell off the Empire State Building, you would feel it and it might leave a little mark. It is not going to penetrate your skull. I was told not to do it, so I assume a house key will not penetrate the flank of a horse. Wait, hold on. You don't know how hard the UFO vomits (laughs) or poos. Right, right. Fair enough. It might just like shoot them out hypersonically. Okay. Right. Have you ever uh, had explosive diarrhea, Tom? Why did, did the why was there so much change on the ground? I mean, you brought that up in the in the the synopsis, but also what detritus? Where are all these people's clothes? I have a like, I have an answer for the first one. Where's all the all the vending machines in the park? Second question: the clothes it likes to eat, eat the clothes. They're, that's they're like, degradable, that's like the right? <laughs> Uh, why All is it the doesn't movie, eat is metal. Why is, the movie, why is the movie called Nope? Apparently, it doesn't. it's not an acronym for not of planet Earth. Wait, what? Who even said that? Someone oh on my. the internet? Uh, Kelly Wan, stop reading the internet. <laughs> and I went, oh, it's, oh, it's true. Because obviously, it has to be that. Why else would you call it Nope? Was what I thought when I read that. But Jordan Peele's all, no, I just called it that because uh, I wanted that to be like the audience's reaction when a UFO showed up. Right, because that is, I mean, nope is what you say when something is so weird and unusual that you don't want anything to do with it. But right. this movie was about the opposite. It was about people who desperately want something to do with it. Jordan Peele gave this movie the wrong name, Kelly Wand. How did you feel about Michael Walcott's like Ahabish obsession with death as a cinematographer? He's like Thanos, Tom. You should like that. How is he like Thanos? Because <laughs> he's in love with death, Tom. Oh, that Thanos, right? I thought you meant the movie Thanos. No, I don't count. That's not canon. So Michael Walcott. These Walcott's, aren't canon, Tom. Here's another big issue I had with the movie. I did not believe for a second that a brother and sister horse wrangler from yeah. Hollywood yeah. would hook up with a Fry's employee and a world-renowned cinematographer to try to take a picture of a sky whale. Tom, it's just I like did... the Fellowship of the Ring. You got, you got oh my dwarf, God. You got like a fucking magician. <laughs> you got a fucking clown. That's Boromir. You got I a did ranger. Like, you got I a did. hybrid. Right. Uh, do you know, did you recognize the cinematographer's name in this movie? Do you follow Grumble Dickens Kubrick Jr.? <laughs> no, no, no. The one who actually shot it for Jordan Peele, not Hoy Michael Walcott's character. So it's a guy named Hoyt Van Hoytema who did Interstellar. Uh, and for my money, I love that guy's work. Like, I, uh, you know, I just, I'm you a little f- fucking Interstellar. That's well, what you should say on the poster for that movie. It could be a tagline, yeah. Yeah. 
but uh, you know he did as well as he could with basically you know i live in like the stuff they like you and i live around the the stuff he was shooting like the, the scenery was nothing to write home about for us but i really really did like the the reveal for the alien at the end yeah that was a great here, alien here however is another issue i have with jordan peele Uh-oh. i feel like he didn't care <laughs> like he shot that whole sequence focusing on actors looking at each other and fretting and doing something with whatever their plan was all that alien stuff seemed like it was in the background like i i wanted to see all that and i, I got to see some of it and it was great and by the way kelly wand I am super grateful that you told me to make sure to see this in a theater. Right. Um, because there was so much of the, so many of the sequences there, certainly the ending with the thing unfolding in the sky yeah. that needs a big screen, but all of the cat and mouse action scenes in the dark really, really need a well lit, well projected movie screen and not like some bright, monitor at home like i feel that this is a movie that definitely should have been seen in a theater for its visuals right and, and i agree glad. with your complaint that he didn't care but maybe he wasn't wasn't sure it would look as good as he was hoping um when he shot the, the actor scenes because he probably did that stuff first right 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 trying to cover himself you know what you're but, right and and also i wonder too like it's kind of a bold choice to not make it something with more you know teeth or claws or something terrible looking um, yeah. So I, I wonder if he didn't quite have the confidence in it to put it forefront. I don't yeah. know. Or it's a stylistic choice and like, oh, you're not allowed to look at it or leak you. So it goes that, by the way, that I would have loved. Uh, and I, I, but I don't think that was the case. But I was going to say, I agree with you, but I'll take what I can get because I was really fond of the alien's design in general. Yeah. And yeah. Like that. We got what we, we got it more than I, was fearing we'd get at a certain point. I go, God, there's not going to be any fucking alien in this guy. Well, I would say too, Kelly Wand, I, I think, let me know if you agree with this. I would say we got something that we've never had before. Yeah. Like, is there, is there any precedent for this alien? Uh, Angels from the Bible, Tom, the Ezekiel one with the interlocking. I'm talking about in movies, like bringing move, new movie monsters to life. Europa uh, Report Alien compared to this um, actually looks less weird. Well, I mean, maybe specifically, the weirdest looking alien. I mean, specifically, like a, a predator that hides in the clouds and that yeah. has a manta ray form, but can also turn into a giant jellyfish. <laughs> like, yeah. like just that whole ecology of whatever this was, I found fascinating and unprecedented as far as yeah. movies. Um, and the, the fact that it was perfectly square, too. Oh my God, I love that detail. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Like you don't but, know what you're looking at. You know, right. It's not the alien, that's the ship or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, um, there's, uh... Hey, nature's weird. That's what, nope. That's what the real message of nope is, Tom. So there's a movie called Altitude that I don't necessarily recommend, but Altitude has, uh, it's one of those movies I watched because of the poster. So Kelly Wan, let me describe this poster to you. Um... It's a cloudy sky, and there's an airplane, like a Cessna, flying through the clouds and dangling out of a rear hatch of the Cessna. There's been some kind of a mishap. Somebody, by one arm, is holding onto the hatch. I think it might be a woman. Uh, her body is hanging out of the airplane, and if she lets go, she's going to die. And reaching from off screen on the right side are tentacles. 
So this is a movie called Altitude, um, which is kind of dumb, but it does play a little bit. Well, not kind of. Which does is that scary. happen in the movie or is it false? It, it happens. It happens. Right. The movie is really dumb, but it is playing with this idea of sky whales in a in a different in, in a different way from Nope, of course. Um, yeah. uh, and do you want me to give it away? Because it is a really yeah dumb... yeah. Unless the girl's someone I have to see. No, the girl actually. Uh, I remember the actress. Do you remember Larry Gay, renegade male flight attendant? Yeah. So, Nightly. yeah. <laughs> and remember the scene where he is doing the the demonstration to buckle your seatbelt and put on the mask. And there's a really hot, sexy chick in the front row. And he's doing it for her like as a performance. And she's licking her lips and they've got chemistry going. Do you happen to remember that scene by any chance? No, but I should check it out. So the woman that he's doing that scene with. She's the lead actress in Altitude, mm -hmm. and she plays a pilot. See, she's graduated. Right, exactly. Exactly. Right. Um, And she is flying her and some of her friends, because she's like a beautiful young 20-something, I think to a concert for the weekend or something That's what they do now. That's what the millennials are all up So while they're up in this plane, things go wrong, Hmm. and it turns out that one of the kids – is psychically manifesting things that frighten him. Oh, God. Kill him. And also there's a time loop. So there. Oh. <laughs> Unrelated? Um, I think he manifests it, but that's the finale of the movie is, oh, no, time loop. Um, but it also does have, like, sky octopuses and stuff. Yeah. Hmm. That doesn't so there sound you go. less, or that doesn't sound more exciting than nope. Oh no no no! I'm definitely not no, but but I'm just saying it is another movie I can think of that that acknowledges this idea of sky whales. Yeah. Yeah. So sky whales, Tom. But otherwise, yeah, this is the first time I've seen anything like that, and I enjoyed it. Kelly, one, would you like to see a movie about another predator next time? Uh, it depends, Tom. Give me more details. How about a movie about the predator? Oh God. What okay, Kelly, one, what if the predator fights the Comanches? Well, we did get deprived of that in the first Predator, of seeing it happen, because he's going to fight an Indian. Oh my god, that's right! It happens off screen. And they... <laughs> well, we didn't know that he was a Comanche. I don't remember what that actor, what tribe he's from, but that's... Probably Italian. I forgot about that, Kelly Wan. Very good, yeah. yeah. Well, then it ha- he just screen- he loses off screen. Right. That was the fight we were supposed to be looking forward to. Right. Give us some mud, Tom! Well, let's do a Prey next week, which is the latest Prey. Predator movie. It's on Hulu, um, so you can watch it without leaving your home. Hmm. Um, and we will talk about it on the next episode. Prey. So, Prey. Starring the Predator. Join us for that. I am Tom Chick, and I have been here with Kelly Wand. Just FYI, real aliens prefer punking naval pilots, like Top Gun's Pete Henderson. Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered if you were going to catch that. Hey, Tom, the first UFO abductee was black. Darth Vader played him on TV. Just a heads up. Betty and Barney Hill. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that James Earl Jones played Barney Hill. Huh. You ex- you totally understood what I was saying. I did. I used to, I was, alert. 
No, I was fascinated by that as a kid. That freaked me the heck out. Yeah. yeah they said that they liked his teeth, his false teeth. Well, they were. I do remember too. They were a mixed race couple, and yeah. wondering, you know, back then when it happened, and what, yeah, like what was really going on there. I can only imagine. Right. Didn't I tell you this motherfucker was gonna come up here with a non-electrical camera? Let's go, boy. Yeah! Tom, whatever you do, don't look into Marjorie Taylor Greene's eye when her feed bag's not attached. <laughs>